the director for the Center of Civil Society at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Thanks for joining us this morning, Prof. Thank you so much for having me, Skinny. Absolute pleasure. And also on the line to us, Sean Nell, who is the spokesperson for the Intensive Energy User Group. Thanks for your time as well, Sean. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, firstly, I mean, I was watching this program the other night um, about Nigeria. And, uh, of course, we know uh, their economy has been in good stead of late. But uh, they were lamenting the crisis of being unable to keep the lights on. And immediately got me thinking about South Africa and what we've been going through over the last few years. And uh, then uh, looking at what uh, government is currently saying, they say that they are still resolute about this one. One trillion rand nuclear build program but then the question becomes professor bond will this be the silver bullet to solve the country's energy problems well it's a shame that we are using the word bullet because this is indeed a violent and dangerous form of energy and the most sophisticated uh, people in the world the japanese uh, learned to their regret at fukushima and uh, the russians with chernobyl in the united states with three mile island so we hope there won't be any bullets and any deaths associated with nuclear but even in the actual mining as the uh, mine workers unions amku and nom have said extreme danger and this radiation associated with uh, with the uh, nuclear industry. Uh, we definitely need some, some quick uh, solutions, and particularly, you know, that the uh, metal workers' strike is maybe going to end, and that'll bring many more intensive uh, energy users back on stream, and the platinum strike ended. So my sense is that we've got a very, very serious problem ahead with uh, load-shedding possibilities, and it gives us a chance to rethink what is the nature of the economy that's so dependent on electricity, and why aren't we getting this mix right? So nuclear energy, do you think that this is something that we should even be entertaining at this point? Well, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's cost the trillion rand that's being bandied about, or even the 900 million seed funding that was just uh, announced uh, last week in Parliament by um, Minister Timothy Chitterson. I think it's a really uh, awful idea. We've got to uh, reallocate resources, and just like the pebble bed, 16 billion rand uh, flushed down the drain on the R&D on that. German Peterson, I hope, will uh, come to our senses and start putting the money where it's needed, which is renewables, because we need to go post-carbon and get off the coal addiction and not experiment with uh, very dangerous ideas like uh, nuclear. And of course, uh, Chanel, um, uh, the minister did say that uh, we uh, have a good track record when it comes to nuclear energy. She says we already have plants on the ground. We have Kuburg, we do have Pelindaba. So it's not as if we're going to start from scratch. We do have something to build on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that uh, that she's correct in that, and that we do have a proud history of, of um, nuclear energy supplying a significant part of it. Well, not a significant, but a, a part of our energy mix. Um, but I suppose um, on, one, on one side, I do agree with Professor that um, the nuclear decision at the moment, I think, is premature, given that uh, the biggest constraint on the economy right now is, is the growth, and if we look at the growth in demand in electricity, that's been declining significantly. So any introduction of significantly more expensive generation options is going to further suppress demand, which is going to result in stranded assets and possibly you know, a significant white elephant of, of this investment. And then, and of course, uh, you know, uh, you talk about that, and many people have also raised the question about how is this going to be funded? Who is going to pay for this? How will the South African fiscus be able to uh, cough up this trillion rand? Where is it going to come from? Do you have any ideas on that? Well, well I mean, currently the generation bill is funded out of electricity tariffs, so it's not funded through the fiscus. 
Um, so that's the first point, is that um, it's the man in the street and businesses and, and organizations and, and people who will be funding the, the trillion rand through their electricity tariff. Um, so one, without a clear view on, on how this will be funded, because the reality that um, the consumers in the country, I don't think, can be burdened by additional massive increases in electricity, uh, until we can solve the issue of how this will be funded, I think the they're committing to a significant amount of, of investment in nuclear need to be needs to be considered. Mm. And uh, then, of course, just looking at what we are dealing with currently, Professor Bond, you're talking about renewable energy. But at the moment, uh, South Africa, almost 90% of South Africa's electricity is actually generated in coal-fired uh, power stations. And that seems to be where we are also looking at bulking up at the moment. Well, that's the really shocking thing, isn't it? Because we're facing the, the worst crisis that humanity is ever going to face, the climate crisis. And I must say, Sean and his, his group are the big part of this problem. Uh, big lobbyists like BHP Billiton, which is the, uh, currently in the chair of the Energy Intensive User Group, have been getting this cheapest electricity in the world, around one U.S. cent, uh, 10, uh, 12 US, uh, South African cents, uh, the last uh, 25 years. And it's just shocking how much of our resources are subsidies that go to these companies, which export the profits, export to aluminium, have higher prices locally, and I only have about 1,500 jobs at the main smelters uh, up in Richards Bay. So if we can really rethink who is using electricity, and if we do go into load shedding again in a big way, which I fear might be the case in the next uh, few weeks as the uh, strikes maybe will end, then we're going to actually have to ask some big questions as a society. Um, who uses electricity and at what price? And with ordinary people having 170% increase in price to pay for Madupi and to see like these big coal-fired plants, it's really a great time to ask Sean, Sean, are you really delivering value for the huge subsidies that your members get? Because it just seems like in so many cases, like Maracana Massacre, and so many uh, crony relationships that uh, our government has with big business, you're getting a real handout, and ordinary people are the ones that pay the bill, and in addition to the climate over the long term. Sean? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the professor um, is obviously playing a, um, a populist line. You know, if you look at the tariff, prices in South Africa, it's very clear, and Eskin makes that clear, and so does Mercer, that the electricity tariffs paid by the large energy users are in fact subsidizing residential and commercial, and that's very simple to work out, because the cost that you pay for your electricity price, if it's below the cost to supply, you're getting a subsidy. If you pay, if the cost you pay for electricity is higher than your cost to supply, obviously that creates a profit in which is subsidizing those that pay less than the cost to supply. And I think if you look at any of the prices paid by even BHP bulletin, or any of the electricity users, you can see, and it's going to be very clear about the degree of, of subsidies that, that consumers are having. So when we talk about this issue of load shedding and the role that the big energy-intensive users in the economy play, and we talk about value, one, we have to consider that they are the, the great export earners. In other words, they're addressing our current current deficit, which is a problem at the moment. They are revenue earners, they're tax earners, and they create, and they are providing jobs. Second of all, they're providing subsidies to the users. So a decline in, in, in um, large uh, and industrial consumers means, one, there's going to be a reducing in, in jobs. Two, it's going to affect our current account deficit by reducing exports earnings. And three, the subsidies that the consumers are currently uh, um, enjoying will decrease, which means that the cost to the individual consumer at home is going to increase. So we've always been of the opinion that South Africa's energy mix has to look at three things. One, it has to look at affordability, ensure that, ensure that economic growth can be sustained and that the subsidies that are being enjoyed can be continued, and that's by protecting the economic growth. 
Two, we have to look at the ways in which sustainable um, uh, progress can be made towards sustainable energy choices. And obviously, if you look at the nature of the demand um, that has changed from uh, from a commercial, I mean, from an industrial mining perspective to a residential perspective, it does create great opportunities for investment in uh, solar, particularly on rooftops. But thirdly, it has to look at also the security of supply and the cost of that, that security supply. And in South Africa, over the last few years, we've seen the security of supply remains an issue. We've seen the costs have been increasing significantly, not only at a residential level, but for large industrial users. It's gone from a, an average input cost of around 8% of input costs to over 22% of input costs. And obviously, that's not sustainable in the long term. So, yes, we can, we can uh, take a populist view and hit all the, um, all the big bad guys, but those big bad guys are currently providing the subsidies and the jobs which are at least sustaining what little economic activity we have left. Prof? No, I think I, I must disagree because, look, just take the biggest one. It's uh, between 6 and 12 percent of the consumption of electricity in the country, depending on the uh, economic cycle, is BHP Billiton in the last period. And that is the chair of the Energy Intensive User Group. They've had amazing inside access uh, and a revolving door to government, including uh, developing the, um, the IRP, the main plan for energy. And I think this is absolutely the core of what's wrong in the society. I mean, don't take it from me. The uh, National Development Plan diagnostic itself uh, very, very explicitly said, let me just quote two sentences. This is a diagnostic from the National Development Plan. Quote, the minerals exporting element creates distortions that makes the expansion of labor-absorbing tradables difficult. A highly volatile currency is but one example. South Africa diversified. Um, it's mining in, uh, from the late 1980s, but we still account for a large percentage of total exports, but make only a small contribution to total employment. Um, so what even the NDP acknowledges is we're on an unsustainable path with these ridiculous subsidies, uh, Sean, that go to the Kevin Morgan, right, that the boss of EIUG, the, the huge users, using so much electricity with so few jobs. And even uh, Derek Morgan, the former uh, Standard Bank chair, advised Habo and Becky uh, back in 2008, turn off those electricity lines when we're in a crisis. But instead, what we've seen is the EIUG as this kind of bastion of big corporate capital, mostly multinational, the profits flow abroad, worsening our balance of payments in the current account. What these uh, lads have is an exceptional insider access, which means they get very cheap electricity and a subsidy uh, to BHP Bulletin, you cannot deny when they're getting about 10 cents per uh, uh, kilowatt hour when we're paying more than one rand. It's absolutely obscene. Sean, face those facts, please, my friend. Sean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look, I'm not sure to defend um, a single anecdote of, of the entire electricity sector. Again, it's very clear, both on the NERSA website and on ESCOM's website, how the electricity tariffs are funding, uh, cost funding. BHP is an anecdote, and, and I'm not sure to either defend or or act on BHP's behalf. I mean, it, it is a wonderful, it is a wonderful stick that um, that people use as a, as a single anecdote, but refuse to look at the broader issues of what the energy mix is and how, and how subsidies are, are not only just across um, all the mining and industrial customers, commercial customers, and, and municipal tariffs. So, um, you know, if you wish to discuss BHP, you know, if you wish to have a debate around BHP, I, I would recommend you have a debate with the BHP spokesman. We get to discuss the the energy mix of the country, issues of affordability and sustainability. And if, if, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to discuss any of those, but I, I, I don't act on behalf of BHP, so I, I can't answer that. John, this, this being so evasive because you know that BHP is the single largest consumer, and between 6 and 10 percent of our electricity isn't something that you can dismiss as an anecdote. And when we have people in the South African government, like the former finance minister, Derek Keyes, or Mick Davis from es ESCOM, or Delaney Mkwanazi, our first national energy regulator, or Vincent Mpai, um, who's been in and out of government, these are the top people in BHP Bulletin who've had this revolving door relationship with the South African state. And I would accuse you folks of being involved in a massive corruption, a corruption associated with our resource curse, um, undermining democracy. You, you know that you've kept that special pricing agreements relationship secret, and it, had to, uh, it was Earth Life Africa that had to file the Access to the Information Act, even to find out, or Chris Yellen, uh, an independent uh, energy investigator, We've had such a hard time even learning about this massive subsidy that BHP Biloton gets. Mm. Please face up. We've had too much denialism in this country. Face up to this really extraordinary crime uh, against our society, which uh, Energy Intensive User Group has been promoting by keeping us on coal, maybe moving us to dangerous nuclear, and putting the prices up for ordinary people beyond affordability levels.